Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There. Uh, this is Megan, sitting across from my co-host, Jen. Yes, We'll yes, be doing a nature nugget today. That's right. We're doing a little shorty, short story. <laughs> a little lowrider story. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have a story that is kind of like... I guess we're going to jump right in. because Oh, yeah, sure. I don't think we have anything to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, so your last nugget <laughs> was... Mm-hmm. The Great Molasses Flood of 1919? You don't even remember. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Like a week ago when we yeah, talked yeah. about it. It's, it's so anyway, long ago. but it so it was essentially about a blob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also going to talk about a blob. A sticky, a sticky blob? Uh, getting in a sticky situation. <laughs> oh, no. No, actually, I'm not going to talk about a sticky blob. Oh, okay. I'm going to talk about a recent blob. That was in the news Creepy. this past March. So not 1919 or whenever that was. 2023? This was in 2023. Oh. And they were talking about a giant blob of seaweed heading to Florida, of course. Oh. Because where, where, what other state has as many issues? Florida. Florida. And it came in. It was coming in just in time to ruin everybody's summer. Perfect. They're like, look out, everybody. There is a giant blob of seaweed heading to Florida. Do you remember reading about that? Like, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so what happened? Yeah. What? what, what? Just just all of Florida was covered in Florida's seaweed? Florida's still there. It's not yeah. covered in a blob of seaweed. Mm-hmm. I didn't read much else about it. So I kind of thought, oh, let, me, let me check on this. And also this whole story of mm-hmm. what I'm going to talk about, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's not really a story. It's just about the blob. Yeah. But it's going to, it kind of leads into my next full episode. Oh. So listen up. Excellent. Retain the information. I'm taking notes right now. Okay. Because you'll need it for the next one, which is going to be super cool. Super so, cool. Okay. This blob is actually a record-breaking amount of smelly seaweed. Oh, smelly. Smelly seaweed known as sargassum. I was going to say the Sargassum Sea. <laughs> yes, or known, also known as the Great Atlantic Sargassum Seaweed Belt. Wow. And it stretches over 5,000 miles or 8,000 or around 8,000 kilometers between the Gulf of Mexico and the west coast of Africa. And it can be seen from space. Wait a minute. And the pictures will I'm be so- included. I'm sorry. This is like an actual belt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of seaweed. Uh-huh. That just is huge. It's just there. It's like twice the width of the US. It's like the world, the globe mm-hmm. has a little seaweed belt on. Right. Aren't you excited to hear all about it? <laughs> oh my God. So I know, this is kind of blowing my mind a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So there are scientists act in, that this is what they do is they yeah, monitor yeah. the formation of this the sargassum in the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. But they've already when this was happening, they were already warning everybody that this year's balloon will likely be the largest ever recorded. And it weighs more than 13 million tons. That's how much they can they say it weighs as of this past April. Wow. So that's a lot. 
This seaweed, it's made up of algal species in the genus Sargassum. Makes right? sense. Makes sense. It grows as a mat of glops of algae that stay afloat with these little air-filled sacs that are attached to like leafy structures. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the algae form a belt between the, like I already said, between the Caribbean and West Africa in the Sargasso Sea, which you mentioned, in the North Atlantic Ocean. And then it rides the currents west. So scientists say that reports of a this massive blob of seaweed would be slamming into the slamming into <laughs> the coastlines that it was actually it was a little let's just say news it was a little news exaggerated. Oh okay okay. Okay. So scientists were like actually a lot of it will never reach the coastlines but in recent years researchers generally have seen these like larger blooms Mm. or sargassum blooms. And once the seaweed begins washing up on beaches and rotting, it's really disgusting because it it basically smells like rotten eggs. And I'll go into that a little bit. So in the ocean, so there's an oceanographer from the University of South Florida, and that's the main people who monitor this. Mm -hmm. There's this researcher there, Dr. Hu. He has used satellites to study it for nearly 20 years. Oh, wow. And he said it's crucial habitat for fish and turtles, among other marine life. And also he calls the belt a moving ecosystem. And really, it's just a small portion of the seaweed present in the Atlantic. Or he says a small portion will ever wash up. And also, I don't know if I put it in here, but it's also, he said it's like 0.01% of the, like, that's how much it covers of the whole ocean. Okay. Like, it's relatively small. It's really small, but in our brains, brains, it's it's bigger than me. So, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, but they have noticed a change in the sargassum level since 2011 when the masses of seaweed multiplied and they gained in density and size. And they were becoming so big that obviously they were showing up on satellite images. Mm -hmm. So, but the beaches in Fort Lauderdale and the Florida Keys were already reporting, reporting sargassum. I I keep thinking I'm going to say something else too. Um, (laughs) Deposits this year. And they said it's on beaches that seaweed can be problematic right. because the algae rot and release chemicals such as hydrogen sulfide gas, which is the rotten eggs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it's inhaled, the gas can also cause headaches. It can irritate people's eyes, nose, and throat. And people with asthma and have or have breathing problems oh. are more sensitive. Um, and that's according to the Florida Department of yeah. Health. I have been to Florida beaches before, and they do have, like, our, in the summer, a lot of seaweed like it's not they're not like it's not like here Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like corally and it's not like in hawaii where it's like beautiful white sand beaches we have beautiful white sand beaches here we have beautiful beaches here it's true it's true it's it's like atlantic beaches are just not yeah yeah that's why i always like going to the panhandle because those are nice those are nice beaches yeah so i mean i i don't know if i've ever been to a florida beach to be honest. Get it together, Jen. I mean, why? Why? Why not? Why would I need to do Cocoa that? Cocoa Beach? Come on. Because I live Who in Guam. Like brown Beach? <laughs> I live in Micronesia. It's uh, Florida beaches are uh, superb, Jen. <laughs> superb. <laughs> not according to this. Daytona. So by July, though. Yeah. And this was more news that I found. The blob had shrank 
in the Gulf of Mexico by 75%. Oh. They don't know why um, it declined so rapidly, but one theory is that there were these strong winds caused by all these storms. <laughs> it's it's that kind of it's that year, you it's know. It's that kind of year. El, the El Nino. Yeah, that little dude. Um <laughs> these so all these storms and it could have uh, caused it to like break up into smaller clumps and that sunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, instead of it being like a mat floating together. And this is coming from Dr. Hugh. And he said it would make it hard to see from the satellite images because it would be broken up more. He said there could be other reasons that we just don't know about. But here's something fun. I found some articles that were adding some extra fear factor to the, <laughs> the blob. Oh, I love it. So it was said to be carrying the flesh-eating bacteria to Florida. Oh, no. So not only do you have like rotten eggs smell... <laughs> But if you have like a cut on your leg, it's going to get in there and then your leg's going to fall off <sighs> in like a matter of seconds. Just that kidding. sounds amazing. <laughs> Just the Alawai Canal in Florida. I know, right? <laughs> so scientists were warning of like this real life threat from these piles of decomposing algae. They said there were high levels of the flesh eating, I think it's Vibrio or Vibrio, I'm not sure which is the right mm-hmm. right way to say it, bacteria that was lurking in the vegetation. And that can affect humans in two ways, through raw seafood like oysters or through contacts with like cuts or wounds, even if the cut is not visible. So many reasons not to eat oysters, you know? Yeah. I mean, just leave them alone. It's fine. And then, but once it's in your body, the bacteria infiltrates the layers of flesh between the muscle and skin where it releases mm. the toxin that mm-hmm. destroys the tissue in the form of necrotizing fasciitis. That is a, just sounds really pleasant. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there were like a lot of articles about that. Yeah. And then the BBC came through with an article <laughs> in June of 2023 that was like, hold up, hold up, Americans. You guys calm down. Listen, Florida it's man. fear mongering. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> they said that Actually, science did not discover any Vibrio, and I think it's Volnificus. 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 It sounds amazing. Wait, Volnificus. I think I have it. I did it. I did did it. it. Which is the bacteria that causes the flesh-eating disease. Disease. Okay, got it. So in the samples that they took from the sargassum, as well as the water around the seaweed blooms and other debris found mixed with the clumps, they actually found something more surprising. And it may even reveal new clues about what is causing these big blooms that are, we know, like why it's happening in the first place. They just like, they just like made little holes in it and they were like, oh, climate change, what? No, worse. Oh, no. Mixed in with the seaweed was a large amount of plastic debris. (sighs) Oh, plastic. Freaking plastic, man. And it was teeming with other types of the Vibrio bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so, but it wasn't that one. The like flesh eating kind. Right. It was the kind, it was more closely related to the kind that gives you the squirts. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, it causes cholera, which is a little more, oh, no. <laughs> even worse. That's worse. So, Vibrio cholerae. Oh. Good times. This is coming from Tracy Mincer, who's an assistant professor of biology at the Florida Atlantic University, who okay. led this, this study. He said, our lab work showed that these two Vibrio are extremely aggressive and can seek out and stick to plastic within minutes. I think these bugs might just be adapting to plastic. No. Yeah. His group also found that many of the bacteria they recovered in their samples carried a special set of genes that helps them adhere to the slick surface of the plastic. No! Yeah. Another interesting thing we discovered is a set of genes called ZOT genes, like Z-O-T. 
like dot with a Z. Yeah. Which causes leaky gut syndrome. So I'm like, maybe that's what that person had coming from Atlanta. <laughs> they went to Florida. Were they in Florida before that? Just saying. Good you question. never know. So the toxins produced by bacteria carrying these zot genes increases the permeability of the intestinal tract, leading to a range of symptoms, including chronic diarrhea. And this is the BBC, so they threw an O in there, which oh, always I like, love it. I love throws it. me off. I'm <laughs> like, diarrhea. A little side note is uh, the, la- the our last full episode when we were talking about fetal position because it was also from the BBC uh-huh, that article. Uh-huh. They spelled fetal with an O in it. Yeah, I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why is there that extra O? They're like, we're the inventors of English. Shut up. Yeah, they're like <laughs> Americans just... Yeah. Stop already. So while all this is, they say, good reason for members of the public to steer clear of the sargassum when it washes ashore on beaches and to wash their hands after handling it, some of the bacteria can cause similar problems for fish, too. You know, I'm just thinking about the first time I took my son to the beach. It was actually Mexico Beach in Florida, and Uh he fully ate the sand. (laughs) Like he spent, he spent, I spent most of my time just trying to keep his hands out of his mouth because he was just scooping up sand and chugging it down. Okay. I mean, there was so much Let me give you my similar experience to the (laughs) first time I ever put my one year old, like, on the sand. Yeah. yeah I mean, she'd been yeah. to the beach, but I was holding her. She yeah. was in something, right? Yeah. So when I put her feet on the sand, she cried. She was so scared. <laughs> she was she like, was like, I don't like the way this feels. This is not right. It's just totally opposite. <laughs> yeah. No, my son was definitely like, let's eat it. This is great. And my daughter was crying. I hate yeah. the way it feels. It's, it's, <laughs> it feels weird. Get me off of it immediately. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Boy, mom, girl, mom. Yeah. There we go. So the fish, they float around in the sargassum and they nibble on these little pieces of plastic that are covered with that biofilm of bacteria that carry these genes. And then, and then they can become infected. And some of the species found by this group led by Dr. Mincer and his team were close relatives of pathogens known to cause disease in fish, crustaceans, and seahorses. Oh, oh, seahorses. Messing around with seahorses. Come on. They're like good dads and stuff. Yeah. So the resulting the resulting diarrhea, speculates Mincer. <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah. Diarrhea yeah. might enrich the surrounding water with nutrients such as nitrogen. And I think this is fish diarrhea, hey. I guess, with nitrogen, phosphate, um, which in turn stimulates the growth of the sargassum. It's a vicious so cycle. It feeds itself. Oh, and as God. the blooms grow, so do the number of bacteria creating the perfect pathogen storm that allows the sargassum to flourish. It's like... So gross. Making all these little critters have diarrhea. And gas. And gas. And then it's like... And it's just growing. Anyway. That sounds way more like a blob than the molasses flow. Yeah, right? Because it grows based on gross stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if this theory turns out to be correct, it could be what they... The missing piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But experts have been trying to explain the sudden increase in the floating seaweed since 2011 when it's a like that's when it really started to explode, I guess. It's it's always been around. Right. In kind of like a healthy way. It was most usually seen in the Sargasso Sea, Mm -hmm. which I guess is where the... Like why do they call it that? Why do they call it? Off the west coast of Central America and the U.S. But recent decades, it started reaching as far off the western coastline of Africa. Some of the people thought it, you know, obviously climate change yeah. is a factor yeah. Yeah. because they thought the warmer waters, like, in, you know, would 
cause it to grow faster. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, climate change is also associated with the spread of the Vibrio bacteria in seawater because maybe they like, you know, warmer waters. Warmer waters, yeah. Yeah. But some scientists think that algae's growth is primarily driven by agriculture activity in Brazil. (laughs) So all these more nutrients are being washed down the Amazon River and out to the sea. And I think it's the agricultural fertilizers in Brazil that's caused it because I guess that since 2011 is when it really took off. That totally makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense because uh, nitrates. Yes. Usually in... In those kind of, yeah. Right, right, right. Effluents or whatever. So this, you know, increase of nutrient-rich water off the coast of West Africa during the northern hemisphere's winter months has also uh, been, you know, pinpointed as another possibility. So there's, it's just coming from all directions, right? There's also dust clouds from the Sahara Desert that carry nutrients for thousands of miles across the Atlantic. There's mixed evidence that the dust storms have been increasing, and some research predicts that they'll become less frequent but larger in the Sahara as the climate change changes, while others say dust storms may even decrease. So I don't know. There's there's just theories. Lots of factors. People are sciencing all over the place. They're like science, 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 science. Yes. Yeah. Um, marine microbiologist at the Royal Netherlands Institute for Sea Research, Linda Amaral Zettler, Perfect. says it's affecting three different continents, Brazil, South Africa, and the western coast of Africa, and many island nations across the Caribbean are also affected. Mm. It is really bad in the Caribbean. There's a lot of okay. crazy pictures from uh-huh. there. Yeah. The effects on tourism is pretty bad mm-hmm. and you could there's uh i found a lot of pictures where they just have huge like heavy equipment machines hauling oh, wow mounds of it like out, out off the beaches so that people can utilize the beaches yikes yeah it's really bad and even in florida yeah like they got to do what they got to do right and there's like i said there's no evidence that there's flesh-eating bugs in the seaweed mm-hmm. but they also don't want to i wondered a little bit if they left that out there? I mean, because yeah. obviously they know it's not flesh eating, but yeah. I wonder if they just are worried. Like it's a possibility. Yeah. Or because the possibility because they know that the Vibrio sim- bacteria. Yeah, similar. Right. They're saying that it's Vibrio bacteria are opportunistically pathogenic. Ooh. So they can seize, they say, well, seize the chance to invade an attractive space such as a cut. So if you've got an open wound, it's probably best not to walk over to the sargasm <laughs> seaweed. Don't roll around in the seaweed. Because Check. there's... All kinds of bacteria that can do who knows what. They call it vibriosis. Causes an estimated 80,000 illnesses and 100 deaths in the U.S. every year. What? According according to the Center for Disease Control, CDC, and Prevention. And this is back to Dr. Mincer. He said, somebody told me they had a cut on their arm and wrapped it in seaweed. No. And then they got an infection. (laughs) Some people have the idea that the ocean has magical healing properties, but that's not the case. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, don't <laughs> come on, Ariel, pull it together. <laughs> like you, you shouldn't be. D- don't put those oyster shells on your on your tatas. Unless you're like really knowledgeable in medicine, like plant medicine or traditional mm-hmm. medicine. Mm-hmm. Don't be, just don't. don't Unless do you've like things. boiled that seaweed. <laughs> you, right? Something. Something. Yeah. Because I get it. Yeah, there's some things that are like helpful. But uh, yeah, seaweed is one of those things that like if you're in the ocean and it touches you, yeah. I'm like, ah. <laughs> right i'm like what was that it's like i learned how to dive at catalina oh god island. No, it's all no. like kelp crawling yeah yeah that sounds awful i cold. think that it, i feel like that would be so claustrophobic too 
Well, it was kind of giant... weird and cool. Was it I like it being in an underwater forest? Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some people in some of the islands who are trying to utilize the the seaweed, the sargassum for all kinds of things. And they've come up with some really cool ideas like using it for paper products. Got it. Cool. They're making bricks with it. I love when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. And also the health and beauty products. It's in a lot of health and beauty products. That's true. But also in fertilizers, which I was like, is that... So is it, it like, like a more natural fertilizer? It's a more natural, but it seemed like what I read is they mix it with other fertilizers. Oh, okay. And they kind of holds it there, which oh, so I, maybe I could it's just see like that. bulk but, in the fertilizer? But isn't the fertilizer what's causing part of it? Right. The problem? Is it? Are we just causing like a cyclical issue here? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the diarrhea. Like give it some diarrhea and it grows. I like the That's idea. That's how you feed the blob. Right. With your, di- <laughs> with with your diarrhea. diarrhea. Uh, I like the idea of the, you know, like skincare products that's nice yeah because i'm i'm a fan of skincare products oh yeah well i think there's other people that use it for different kinds of supplements sure yeah, like I for i think there's like i don't know like weight right. loss supplements i mean if you're pulling it from the yeah i just hope they would like purify it in some way you know like right. really get sure all the plastics do. out of it and <laughs> but i saw some videos where there were some boats out there just like hauling it in mm. yeah and then they must do whatever they have to do because it can be really toxic too yeah it's like sargassum <laughs> grass can yeah. make um, livestock really sick. Right. So what's really, yeah, what I think is just so crazy about it is that it's basically a blob that grows and feeds off diarrhea that it gives you. And itself. Yes. Or in the fish in that the are fish. in it, booping. Yeah. It's a diarrhea blob. That's Well, it's, that's its food. And then, and then a lady from the CDC went down to Florida and was testing it and accidentally got some diarrhea. Uh-huh. Got on a plane to go to Barcelona to share her findings of what she found. And then that's what how that this, happened. What if it was a researcher? Just saying. Or somebody who had a cut. And, and they just didn't They were treat like, I'm going to put some seaweed yeah. on it. It's gonna be I packed healthy. it with seaweed. It should be fine. It's, salt water, seaweed, what? It's healing. It's mm-hmm. magical. Mm-hmm. Anyway... That's like after you get a tattoo and they're like, don't go in the ocean. And you yeah. think like, oh, wouldn't that be cleansing somehow? No. No, no. Just all the bacteria will be like, oh, hello. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, if if you're in Florida or if you're along the coast somewhere on the, um, that end of the, the world and you yeah. like how to it? deal with it, it. Send us some pictures. Let us know. We want to know. We want to know the rotten egg smell. Yeah. How do was you, it? Do you boil it? Do you dry it and eat it later? Did you have a terrible experience? Did you get Mm -hmm. diarrhea Mm -hmm. with a no? Yeah. (laughs) That's all I got for you today. That's so great. (laughs) I'm really glad. That's really uplifting, Jen. Yeah. Well, this is, like I said, this is going to lead into my next longer story. A self-perpetuating blob. Yeah. A little bit. It has, it it plays a part in the next episode. My, my full episode. All right. I'm excited for your next full episode then. Yeah. It's going to be, be it's going to be so fun. You're going to love it. That'll be 101. 101, Jen. I'm going to name it whatever 101. Right. So, because that's what you're going to need to know. I already know what it's about. Episode 101. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy will be excited too. She'll be working on her vocals for our. I think we're going to try and drug her for the next one. (laughs) Like, what can you drug a dog with? Just a little CBD. Just a little something. She needs, she's staring at me. she needs, she just needs some doggy, do- like, well, I discovered yesterday that when she wants to play, uh-huh. she will like do this uh-huh. at Saber and like he, she does like little puppy jumps and stuff. Uh-huh. And he, it took him a full 30 minutes, Sammy, 
took it took Saber a full 30 minutes to like react to it and also do pumpy jumps at her, which was adorable because he's so <laughs> he's like he's just not. Yeah, he's not sense. there. But it's like she's been outside many times today. OK, she's she's fed. Everything's fi- everything's fine, Sammy. Yeah. But she wants something and I don't know what it is. I got to get her those little those little things to press and oh, like God. tell me. No. <laughs> then, we'll be, then we'll be talking to just be random words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Outside. Help. <laughs> Food. Yes. Play with cat. I don't know. <laughs> she loves to play with bacon, though. It's this. Yeah. One of the cats. They love they stop. Anyway, oh hope you guys enjoyed that little yeah. sound sound cuts from Sammy. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jen. No, no problem. And until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by the talented and super nice guy, Jonathan Pillsbury. Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. Yay. Uh, All of this is possible because of an amazing group of Nature Nerd patrons. If you would like to be part of our super cool nerd community on Patreon, just go to our website at you're gonna die out there.com or you can check our link tree on our Instagram page, which is kind of amazing. It is. I'm sorry. But it is. Uh, another way you can support is by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you do, Jen will send you a really kick ass sticker. You just have to send us your mailing address. I will do it if I forget. Hey, if you left us a review and I didn't send you a sticker, send us an email. Let me know. Just let me know. Uh, Also, we would love to hear from you. We get a lot of our stories from listener suggestions. A lot. We kind of steal them. All the time. Yeah. Um, Because they're so good. So if you would like to do that, go to our website. We have a contact page at you're going to die out there dot com or an email. You're going to die out there at gmail dot com. And at the beginning of the episode, we give you a shout out. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.